Welcome back to My Sister Made Me Do It, the Roswell 1999 edition. I'm here as one of your co-hosts, Emily, and I am joined by my sister, Megan, and I am Hello. making her view this. She is under extreme protest at this point. <laughs> but Megan has decided this is her new favorite show no. in the entire world, and no. wild horses couldn't drag her from it. I have decided I hate this show again, <laughs> and I'm sick of it. <laughs> I actually should be getting ready for the weekend and I should be finishing my storyboards. But instead, instead I, do I don't care if you start it, you have to say it. <laughs> Maybe I want to do the high We're part sometime. We're making a podcast. <laughs> Emily, you could do the high Welcome part. Welcome again, everyone, to my sister made... You do it. No. You you squandered your no, chance. No, I was saying, you can do the high part on Way of Kings feed. That's your chance to do the high part. And on my miscellaneous pick. But sometimes, it's my turn to do the high part. <laughs> Mom says it's my turn to do the high this part. my podcast. <laughs> Again, welcome to My Sister Made Me View at the podcast where uh, one sister makes the other sister read or watch something they've been refusing to read or watch for years and years and years. And in this case, my pick is the Roswell 1999 television CWWB show. And there has been a crossover event. <laughs> oh, Emily, do tell. I have a set of very good friends and we've grown up together just like nerd everything and Buffy obviously is one of our favorite shows one of my friends her husband has never seen Buffy before and his wife my my really good friend has always wanted him to see it but has told him you're not expected to like it but I love it so much that it will probably be an issue in our marriage if you end up hating it and making fun of it and so they have put off watching Buffy for several years but uh we're all kind of biting the bullet and we've started at season one and we're not watching it all the way through we're watching like the plot important or like you know favorite episode sort of a thing so I grew up watching Buffy here and there so I've never actually seen it all the way through I've seen a lot of it but not everything obviously and we're sitting in their basement the other night and we're starting uh season two episode seven and all of a sudden max evans walks onto the screen couldn't believe it and let me tell you let me tell you when i say i gasped i mean like like i scared everyone in the room with how loudly i gasped and I'm just like, it's Max! It's Max! Oh my gosh! And no one else cared because no one else is uh, cultured enough and no one else has watched Roswell. Listen, they, they listen to our podcast. They just haven't watched the show it's based on. <laughs> <laughs> so I get on our Discord, obviously, and I'm texting, you know, our Roswell friends. Ah, Max is on! Max is on Buffy! I'm so excited! Okay. And let me read you this, what Megan This wrote. is where I jump in. To defend myself, because I am pretty sure Emily has seen Buffy before, because I remember spoiling Angel for her at some point as she was watching <laughs> through the whole series. Several points, several points. And so Emily's like, Max is on Buffy and shares a picture. And then I said, oh, the saddest episode of Buffy, right? With the great Giles speech. And I was about to say, and Max dies at the end. <laughs> and then I was like, maybe other people in our Discord haven't seen Buffy. So I amended it to say, Max is Buffy's childhood friend, right? And then Emily says, what do you mean the saddest episode of Buffy? <laughs> Megan! And she like tagged me, question mark. She's like, Megan! Emily, what happened? Max dies at the end. He's terminally ill, and that's why he wants to become a vampire. And Spike and eats him. <laughs> no, well, here's here's why it was uh. sad. Okay, here's spoilers for Buffy Season 2, Episode 7. 
because uh, I'm just going to call him Max. Max shows up knowing all about vampires. And Buffy is so excited to have her childhood friend here to understand about her life. Anyway, Max is terminally ill and has a plan to get Spike to change him into a vampire. Obviously, that is foiled by the end. And, you know, Spike is defeated. All that fun stuff. And Spike does change Max into a vampire. And Buffy, at the end of the episode... Buffy's standing over the the grave, the freshly dug grave with Giles, having this like philosophical talk. And she knows that Spike is vindictive. She knows all of these things. And she has come to the grave, one, to pay her respects, and two, to stake Max through the heart as he emerges a fresh vampire. Ugh, it was sad. It was sad, Megan. <laughs> yes, it's terribly simple. The good guys are always stalwart and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats, and uh, we always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies, and everyone lives happily ever after. And I'm going to rewatch that episode because now it's my dearest wish to see Maxwell Evans die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Should we get into uh so now that we've mean. had our Buffy prelude, should we get into this week's Roswell episode? Yes. Um can I say one more thing about spoilers yeah. though? So this will be a spoiler for Buffy, just again, if you haven't watched it and you don't want to be spoiled. If you haven't ahead. watched Buffy, again, we're stop watching... this podcast right now. Go watch <laughs> at least six seasons of Buffy and then come back. And then come back. Um so again, our friend's husband has not seen this show, and um, as we're we're watching it, Angel has shown up and all of this stuff, and our, my you know friend his his wife is just like says something to the fact of like, well yeah of course because Angel's a vampire, and we all look at her and we're like they have not revealed this in the show yet. <laughs> you know it's so funny you say that because in a podcast uh -huh. I love called Buffy the Gilmore Slayer where a couple is watching both Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Gilmore Girls, the person who had seen Buffy actually spoiled that Angel was a vampire just before <gasps> the episode serious? Angel. <laughs> it's hard, right? Because you're like, Angel it's is hard. the... For one thing, his name is Angel, which should be a clue. <laughs> and it's like, he's the pop culture vampire, I mean, before Edward. Yeah. Now Edward's the pop culture vampire. But before that, <laughs> it was Angel. It was Angel. But. And. <laughs> <laughs> or. With? No. That's why? It is a conjunction. <laughs> why is not a conjunction. But why is Gamora? We're doing conjunction. Junction. What's your What's function? Like? Hook no, we're doing Roswell, season three, episode three, bosses. Significant Others. <sighs> this is literally the one thing I said I didn't want, and I need to stop saying <laughs> what I don't want from this show because, <laughs> spoiler, Isabel's engaged. You get it every <sighs> single time. <sighs> Maybe Max yeah, Megan, will give die me, Give me the, the rundown. <laughs> Give me the rundown of this episode. Tell me tell me what you thought about it. In my defense, I did watch it four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I am so sick of Max and Liz's story. I hate their rebellious teen nonsense. And then Isabel is just freaking out about dating this guy, thinking he's going to propose. And then he gets offended and leaves. And she's like, wait, I actually did want him to propose. And now she's engaged. To be married. <laughs> that's all I remember. Um, Did anything else happen? That's all you remember. That that is a good that is a good wrap up. It's a good wrap oh, up. Right. Um, Liz has been threatened with boarding school. Do they tell Liz about? She knows school? that now. Okay, she knows. Okay. Yes. There is one point. There is one point in this episode, kind of towards the beginning, where she's really snotty with her dad because apparently her dad has been making her work. She says 90-hour work weeks, and I'm sure that that's kind of exaggerated. But basically, her dad is trying to keep her close, uh, trying to keep her under his thumb, his watchful eye or whatever. And she is talking to Maria about it, and she's like, and I have this boarding school threat hanging over me. So by this point, she does know boarding school is on the table. 
Okay. Which we kind of talked about that before, and it was a, mm-hmm. a sore spot for both of us that the men in Liz's life aren't telling her it's anything. Just like love never dies. <laughs> um, the previously on was all about Isabel and Alex, and I can't believe I forgot that Alex was a significant guest star in this episode. Right, or I should was I so say ghost surprised. star? <laughs> oh, you shouldn't, but you did ghost anyway. Ghost star. Ghost star. Yeah, so, I mean, as we all know, Alex died in season two. Or did he? And he, <laughs> he definitely did. <laughs> and uh, he, yeah, like you said, Megan, he shows up and is uh, not just like she sees a, a ghostly figure in the window and turns and no one's there. It's like Isabel and Alex are having full on conversations with each other out in public in broad daylight. And I almost wish he really was a ghost because I'm, I'm still of the opinion that this is Isabel dealing with her grief, but uh, she does mention Grant Sorensen, I believe in this episode at one point and how he was killed by an alien. And like, we just know that Isabel has not had great track records when it comes to love. So, Megan, I ask you this. I know you're not super thrilled about the romance between between Isabel and this guy. But if you were in her shoes and the last two people that you had seriously had feelings for ate it, how hesitant or eager would you be to try again? Speaking from experience. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, that's the thing. I think I'd be pretty gun shy, especially if they died back to back so fast. I do want to say, I want to jump back to what you said earlier. Are we sure Alex isn't a ghost? Because ghosts are real. Ghosts are real in this this universe. universe. Like, I, I would love it. I would love it if we had concrete proof that this is alex's like actual ghost and he's just unable to move on but again i haven't seen season three so i don't know if alex shows up i don't know if he's a guest star slash ghost star through the whole series that would be hilarious because that is the storyline that made katherine heigl want to quit gray's anatomy is a recurring ghost guest star (laughs) i did not know that Oh, oh, well, okay. So the, I'm going to say the pop culture version of why Katherine Heigl left Grey's Anatomy, because this isn't, like, I'm sure this isn't 100% accurate to how Katherine herself would see it, um, is mm-hmm. that she was going to be nominated for an Emmy again in season five after she had been nominated and won in a previous season. And I think she either refused the nomination or asked them not to submit her because she didn't feel that her season five storyline was Emmy worthy. And that Mm. ruffled the feathers of the writers. And she did not return for season six. Well, I mean, she did. She did return for season six, but then she left mid season six. Yeah. Very sad. Sorrows. She's here now. Sorrows. Press. (laughs) Press. <laughs> <laughs> but she is here now. Yep. And she is currently making out. Uh having having thoughts, capital T thoughts, about I think his name is Jesse. It is. I don't it's even know his name. Stupid name. I don't care about this character. <laughs> but uh but she's she's uh having thoughts about him and her together kissy 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 and they are i say not sneaking around town but like they both happen to be at the movies together and they're watching a romantic movie together and like at at one point isabel is getting emotional in the movie that they're watching and maybe this is really uncharitable of me but I almost felt like the writers were trying to just be like, see, Isabel has emotions. See, Isabel's not just a robot. See? And it was, it felt a little heavy handed to me about, look, she's crying at a romantic movie. She wants love. Like, this is, this is, uh, 
this is episode three on a new network, you know, a new kind of direction that everyone's going. I don't know how else they would have done it if, well, I mean, I could think of other ways that they could do it, but what I'm trying to say is I, and I think we've talked about this before. I enjoy episodes where it's like character studies. Like I obviously enjoy the plot, but I love character studies and we get to see what the characters are going to do. And it feels like so far in this new season, it is all like, hey, we're telling you who these characters are rather than showing you who these characters Mm -hmm. are. There's so much other stuff I think would be more interesting for Isabel than getting married at 18. I Mm -hmm. wish that she was, I I wish she could have hunted down her double and said, switch with me. I hate my life and I want to be free. Or I wish she was the one going dark side after like going through this super amount of grief. I would love to see some actual fallout from Max annihilating her life at the end of season two instead of her just forgiving Mm -hmm. him because she had a hard time. I would even, there's just so much about the storyline that isn't interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I feel like I'm just slamming this because listen, I love season two. I love it so much. And so season three is a little harder for me. It's being a little harder for me to get into uh-huh. again because, I mean, it's it's such a it's such a tonal shift, which I totally get because it's a new network. You know, you've got new people in there, that sort of thing. But yeah, I I want alien shenanigans. I want, I want to see magic powers. I want to see like, it's interesting. To see Isabel kind of struggle with her, do I want a normal life? Do I not? Like, but I, I feel like the only way they could have kept her in Roswell, because, you know, we know that she had all of this, all of these plans to go off to college and do all these things. It kind of makes me sad that the only way they could think to keep her in Roswell was to get married at 18. Mm-hmm. Pretty much just what you said, Megan. But like, okay, imagine, imagine with me. She's trying to move on, and Alex's ghost is literally what's holding her back. And she doesn't mm-hmm. think he's real. She's like, this is just the stress, the guilt, blah, 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 blah. And then Max is like, oh, Christmas, I got haunted by a ghost. Ghosts are absolutely real for aliens. And also, I touched the mm-hmm. soul of Liz's grandmother. And so we do have <laughs> powers like that. And so, like, what if... Alex was dead, but Isabel was the only one who could see him. And we had a storyline of, like, how do we either send him on or bring him back while she was dealing with the thing with Jesse? And I think I would be, like, less frustrated about this engagement to Jesse if it came later in the season and we as the audience got to know him as a character more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's for them, it's only been a summer, like, you know, a few a few months and yeah, he, they're doing all they can to show that he's a good guy and that he's not some creepy dude that's sneaking in to steal the, steal the young nubile 18 year old, you know? <laughs> well, but jumping to another storyline, Max has friends. Nope. Michael has friends. <laughs> he does have friends. This is the best part. So the storyline with Michael and Maria this week is his wonderful yeah, his social calendar is now full. He's got people. He's got friends. He's got a life outside of his alien family and his girlfriend mm-hmm. who he blessed them only got because she was the best friend of his alien brother's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And Maria is having a hard time at the start of the episode feeling offset from her place in Michael's life because he's got all these other people. And so Isabel comes in to the crash down to pick up a food order that she ordered incorrectly for her father on purpose so she could secretly feed it to her boyfriend. Um, Anyway, and, and Isabel notices that Michael is laughing and Michael is happy. Yes, and she mentions that to Maria, uh, kind of offhandedly, and that will come into play later. 
Um, but yeah, the idea that Michael is hanging out with his, I mean, he's come just straight off of his shift, his overnight shift, and he and his buddies are at the diner getting breakfast, just like having a good time. And again, Michael's hair. I want to know if that's a wig or his real hair. It looks I bet great. It's real. I bet he grew it all out himself. <laughs> also, I'm going to put a plug in again for uh, Sherry Appleby and what an amazing actress she is because her dad is basically keeping her a prisoner at the cafe and she is fighting back in like the snarkiest, most teenager way possible where she like, this is an order for chili and a hot dog. And he's like, and fries. And she's like, did I say fries? And like her eyes are all like, you know, eye lined and black. And she's a, she's a troublemaker now. And, and Maria is giving her a hard time because you know, she's just like, come on, I have to work with this guy too. And Liz is just complaining about how terrible it is. And, and Maria's just like, well, I mean, you did rob a convenience store. And Liz is like, technically, we didn't actually rob it, which is a patent lie because Max did steal a bag of chips. That is true. So it does count as a robbery. All right. I'm imagining an alternate universe, Emily. I'm imagining an alternate universe where Tess kidnaps Max at the end of season one, two, at the end of season two. And that's why Liz goes dark side. And the Max comes back. Basically, I think it's stupid. They both. Oh, went. she. Sorry, sorry, sorry. She goes dark side because Max goes missing, and she's doing anything she can to find him. Yeah, or that she like thought he left her, and he chose Tess and abandoned her. Oh. Basically, I think it's it, weird that it. they both went emo and dark together at the same time for <laughs> no reason. I agree with you. Yeah, it's again the tonal shift happened so suddenly and. We don't really get to see why. And I think that's one of the reasons that it's it's a little harder to keep up with now because everything's just kind of taken this turn that we weren't prepared for. Um, but at the at the caf- Crashdown Cafe, uh, Isabel asks Maria, she's like, oh, this is for a class at school. If Michael proposed to you, would you say yes? Because Isabel went snooping around in uh, the... I'm going to say his name is Jesse, and I'm going to feel super bad if that's wrong. When sneaking around in his dreams, he dreams that he and Isabel are in Paris and he proposes to her. And that is what kind of has her thinking about marriage this whole time. Um, And she's not sure what she wants to do. And I'm going to go on a tangent for a second. But I don't know what my point of the tangent is. I may find it along the way. I may not. Uh, the idea that, okay, so a lot of girls growing up kind of get like that Disney, like, oh, you know, you're in love with someone immediately. It's, you just know it's true love forever, blah, 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 blah. It just happens and it's amazing. But like, as, as you get older, you kind of realize like you have to talk about so many things. You've got to talk about religion. You've got to talk about politics with your significant other. You've got to know how they want to raise their the mm-hmm. kids. Do you want kids? How are you going to discipline them? How are you going to handle finances? And the idea that if you don't know and you don't immediately say yes to someone asking you to propose, it just means you don't love them and you shouldn't be together. When like it's good to stop and think things through and the idea that Isabel isn't sure that she wants to marry him, for me, is not a black mark on him. It's a mark of, I think, Isabel being very mature and smart, I guess. That's that's kind of an incoherent mm-hmm. end to my, my thoughts, but, but yeah. Because it's kind of played off like, well, of course you love him, of course you should say yes, but like there are so many things to discuss when it comes to getting married, I don't have any practical experience in this. I'm just saying I've known a lot of people that have gotten married and I have seen both sides. I have seen the ones who I remember one of my, so my freshman year of college had three roommates. All three of my roommates got engaged by the end of the semester. That was kind of par for the course at the school that I went to. And I remember one of them, uh, 
maybe I've told this story before. I apologize if I have. One of them was sitting in the living room with her fiance and they were talking finances and what they could and couldn't afford for the wedding. And they were being responsible and frugal about it. And I remember sitting in my room listening to this and just getting so angry Mm -hmm. that they were doing it wrong, that that's not what being in love is. (laughs) And and I, I later realized like... That is what love is. That's being smart. That's still, you know, it doesn't mean you're not in love if you're being practical. And then I also saw on the other side, other people throughout my school career uh, where like all their roommates got engaged and they felt left out. So they went out and just found someone to get engaged to so that they could be part of the group. And those marriages didn't last very long because it was just, hey, I need an accessory in my life, which is a ring on my finger. I was just going to say accessory. (gasps) Oh, it's because we're connected. Mm -hmm. That it's not an item off a checklist. It's not a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And marriage isn't something you should just do because it, like, needs doing. Because in this day and age, marriage works very differently. Like, it's not an exchanging of land money titles <laughs> like you see in all the old period films this is two adults entering into a i'm gonna say business venture it's more romantic than that but like the expectations mm-hmm. of a partnership in a marriage are very different in modern times than how they're portrayed in period films and fairy tales mm-hmm Um, there is a fabulous article and if I have my act together, I will find it and link it in the, in the description for this week's episode. Uh, but if it's the one I'm thinking of, there was an article that came out about how, I don't know if it was the rate of marriages is declining or they did some sort of survey, but basically like there are more and more single men because women don't need to get married anymore like it's Mm -hmm. not for financial stability it's not for you know dowry purposes or whatever and and there are more and more single men because women are able to provide for themselves women's are a women's women's are able to have their own bank accounts (laughs) you know and and there's the whole like even back in the 70s if you were a woman and you wanted to open your own bank account or credit card, you had to have your husband or father sign on the account with you. Like, we've come a long way and this is great. And so the idea that, and I'm not going to say men have just depended on that, on women to need them in order to get married. Because that's that's definitely not. I think some men are just like, well, you have to marry me if you want to be able to survive in this world. And I'm so happy that that trend is kind of going down Mm -hmm. because nowadays, like men have to, I say men, everyone, yeah, yeah, everyone, you've got to be a nice person. You've got to like find someone who enjoys being with you. You can't just dangle wealth over the top of them and be like, you're going to be destitute in the street unless you love me or unless you marry me. Yeah. Well, and, and that's one of the things that's so wonderful and beautiful is that now you only get married if you want to, if you like mm-hmm. love someone mm-hmm. and you choose to be with them. And that's yeah. delightful. That's wonderful. That's incredible. Um, and there are some people who want other things. Yeah. I love that more and more opportunities are coming up for people and that people who choose to live a different path, either just single forever or dating eternally or whatever, like if they are doing it because they love it and it's something that they enjoy rather than, well, I'm just trying to date to find somebody, you know, and. I just, I like that there's more opportunities for people to live the life they want to live. Uh, back to the show. Back to the Isabel show. ordered a sandwich wrong so her dad would not get the lunch he wanted. And and so she can secretly give the sandwich to her boyfriend. That no one knows about. Yeah. And um, apparently Jesse's favorite food is hummus and sprout bean sprouts on pita bed bread with what i'm gonna start this over <laughs> is hummus and bean sprouts on pita bread with lentil soup 
And I don't know how Isabel mm-hmm. expects her father to believe that, yeah, I asked for a cheeseburger and this is, it's not like they forgot no pickles. This is a completely different <laughs> set of foods. <sighs> Emily, do you, do, what's the worst someone's ever messed up a order for you? Mm, okay, I know this is really stupid. But it is, I got pinto beans instead of black beans in, in my cafeteria salad. <laughs> okay, there's this restaurant Emily and I both love called Cafe Rio. And the thing you have to yeah. understand about the difference between the black beans and the pinto beans is that the black beans are just beans. And the pinto beans are also like, what is even in them? Some weird I don't know. They're like, pink. Yeah, they're they're pink. It's like weird sliced other vegetables that I cannot even identify. And me, <laughs> I'm the chillest person when it comes to you get my order wrong. I won't say anything. Like, um, there's this salmon incident. <laughs> we'll get to the salmon incident a in a very second. recent incident. I will just roll with it. But they put the wrong beans in my salad once, and I was so hungry that I i think it was the first time I'd ever contacted a restaurant to be like, this was wrong. Please fix it. <laughs> but um, so salmon. One of my favorite foods is diced salmon with cucumbers and onions over rice. And then I put, you know, soy sauce and vinegar on it. It's delicious. It's basically just like a poke bowl. Um, And so I will get a, just one of the little pieces of salmon from the meat section of the grocery store. You know, the little white styrofoam tin, saran wrap on top. Uh, Like the size of a dollar bill. No, no, no. Well, I'd say it's about the size of my hand. Okay. Yeah. That's the size of a dollar bill. (laughs) Yeah, but it's taller and it's thicker. Sorry. Dollar (laughs) bill to me intimates flat salmon. Listen. (laughs) We're we're spending too much time on this, but the the I got Instacart this week because I was I was working from home and I'm like I'll just order groceries while I'm working, and ooh I'll order fresh salmon so I can have fresh salmon tonight, and the guy is like oh they don't have the little, uh they don't have the little trays of salmon in your order, um would you like me to get you just some salmon from behind the counter? And I was like, oh, yeah. And he's like, and it's it's not really clear how much of an amount it is from your order because he just ordered, like, two. Do you want two fillets of salmon? And me imagining, oh, yeah, that little piece of salmon is a fillet. Yeah, I would like two fillets of salmon. So he bought me two full fillets of salmon i the package comes to my house and it's 23 inches long and i open it and it's like an entire dead fish on my counter and i'm like there's no way i can eat this much salmon before it goes bad so i hacked off just enough for tonight and i put the rest in my freezer but not before I sent a very <laughs> panicked video to my sisters about how much salmon I have. <sighs> you like slap the two together and it's like, like just a giant ass fish. Yep. <laughs> Back to the show. The most stereotypical sitcom misunderstanding happens because mm-hmm. Isabel has been looking at wedding rings in the pawn shop window all week long with Alex commenting. It's weird. Um, And then (laughs) she sees Jesse buying one of the wedding rings from the window. Now we will find out at the end of the episode spoilers. I don't care that it was his, (laughs) it was his family's ring that he had already pawned to the shop and he was buying back with no intentions to use it for Isabel. But of course, Isabel happened to see him buy it. And then she starts panicking about a proposal. Yep. With Alec there asking her how she feels about yeah. it all. So uh, Max and Liz, what do they even do Want- this episode? Liz wants to move in together, Megan. She's ready. She's ready to just move in together. And Max is like, no, I want to do it for the right reasons. Also, what are the right reasons, Max? <laughs> Uh, and it's not like he's not a Cullen. He's not independently wealthy. 
He's a no, bum. He's They're both on their way to being high school dropouts with no prospects. So, so here's Liz is like ready to go, but Max is because his dad, I mean, sorry, Liz's dad has told Max, like, you stay away from Liz. And so I think that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to come up with different reasons, like, oh, we're going to destroy your family if we do this. And she's like, but they're destroying us. But Liz obviously has snuck out to see Max. And as she sneaks back in, she hears her parents arguing about how the dad is treating her. And... Yeah, the dad's like, I just want to keep our daughter safe. And the mom's like, Lisa, you're tearing me apart. (laughs) But we then go over to Alex giving Isabel pointers on how to handle being proposed to. Is Alex Like, don't go all weak in the knees. Is he appearing to her because she walked in his dreams? Was his mind fractured (gasps) because of Isabel did alien magics on him like tested i hope so i hope alex's ghost comes Mm -hmm. back because that would just make the whole denny duquette ghost situation in gray's that much (laughs) funnier to me i wonder if it's like rogue in x-men where like she keeps a little piece of everybody that she absorbs you know and i just wonder if that is like a consequence like a natural consequence of what isabel does but it turns out all the uh all of the hints and all of the tips and all of the you know things that Alex has talked to Isabel about doesn't matter because oh his name is Jesse okay good that's I'm looking at the subtitles um Isabel kind of about faces when they meet in you know Jesse meets in public at the movie theater because you know she's freaking out about the ring and it's just like we're done that's it you can't stay here you can't stay here because of me and you know you graduated from Harvard with honors and what are you doing in Roswell and all of this stuff and she breaks his heart. Isabel gives him a very dramatic speech in every single scene that they're in. In the hummus pita bread scene, she's like, I can only promise you today. Nothing else. I, I, I can't. And then the very next speech, she's like, this is going nowhere. This is going nowhere. <laughs> and Emily, what, whose house does she go to to cry? She goes to the Valentes. She goes to see Kyle. Why? Are they friends? I have okay. Remember in season two where they stood next to each other in like, the finale. <laughs> no, 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 no. Where he's like, "Let's use your powers to have oh, fun yeah. and to mess with Max." Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. They're they're at least friends. Honestly, they're at least friends. They're in the same I circle. Feel robbed of this ship because because. Kyle was the golden boy quarterback basketball team star champion and Isabel was the popular queen and I would have loved to see a story about these two popular kids fall from grace and then find each other in their new uh in their new full authentic selves I never get also... what I wish for <laughs> So Isabel has shown up bawling and he invites her in and she doesn't want to talk about it and everything's just kind of weird. And she's like, oh, you're going to be late for work. And he's like, screw work. Like, oh, this boy knows what's up. (laughs) But she tells him because she tells him she's broken up with Jesse because if you remember in the previous episode, Kyle caught them at the gas station. Oh, yeah. That also makes sense. She would go to Kyle. But yeah, yeah, and and so she's her excuses. She can't drag him into this alien mess. I mean, hello, you got Grant Sorensen, you got Alex, that you know both died because of the alien situation. Oh, and Kyle actually has a really good insight where she's like, "Are you afraid that he'll run away from you?" And he brings up, "Has anyone that you shared with, has anyone that you shared this, this with, you know, the whole alien thing?" Has anyone run away from you? And, you know, you think about it like, no, that actually hasn't actually happened. And his his advice to her is to let him, let him, Jesse in, and to let him decide how to deal with it. Which is kind of, okay, here's the thing, here's the thing, wait, 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 wait. Which is a good, 
I don't want to say don't ever do this, but I'm just like with alien powers, it's a little different rather than like, let me tell you who I am and let me see how you react to it. But then she says that Michael and Max and her after Alex made a pact to never, ever, ever let anyone else in ever. And spoilers for this spoilers for this whole episode. She accepts Jesse's proposal and decides not to tell him about being an alien. I don't like that. I understand why it's safer to do it that way. Also, uh, listen, do you know what else I wish? Do you know what else I wish? What? what? I wish there had been a big group schism at the end of the last season. I wish that Isabel had not forgiven Max when that horrible thing happened. And yeah. I wish... Agreed. That she's running to Jesse's arms because she's alienated <laughs> everyone else in her family. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh. they've picked what feels like the least interesting tracks for all of these characters. Yeah. It isn't fair. I have a quiet podcast snack. I have rice pudding. I'm hungry. I were, I... Tune in to this record as soon as work was over. You just look like you're giving me a judgmental look. You were like, no, I'm giving Maria a judgmental oh, okay. look. I'm at. <laughs> Sorry, I said I have a quiet podcast snack. And then you just went. And I was like, hey. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm, so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's all right. I apologize. I apologize that if you felt judged. It's all right. I was judging Maria. Maria comes around by the end of the episode. This is not a Roswell Christmas Carol episode sort of a <laughs> journey with Maria. But um, she is explaining to Michael what she wants, which is just to spend time with him and to be with be with her. And he's explaining, like, everything I'm doing. He's kind of a little fed up because... She's like, you were supposed to be here today. And he's like, no, that's not till this day. And she's like, it is this day. And he's just like stretched really thin. Remember, he is an emancipated minor holding down two jobs mm-hmm. and trying to go to school. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's just trying to do it. And she's just henpecking him. Yeah. Which, that's par for the course for Maria. I get it. Again, she's going to have, she's going to come full circle and have a learning, a learning experience in this episode. But... He tells her, like, everything I'm doing is to be better for you. Like, this is everything that I'm doing. And so he promises that they're going to hang out on Saturday night or whatever. And, oh, no. He has bowling league on Saturday. Oh, I I remember I hated this, too. Oh, you hated this? Well, again. Oh, wait. Sorry. Yeah. the, The whole sitcom thing of, I have to pretend to be in two places at once so my wife doesn't get mad with me. <laughs> I'd be I'd be interested to see if the writers stayed the same after the network switch. I can't imagine they brought the writers team. I don't know. I actually do not know how network switches work. I I mean, you've lived through multiple ones of them. How come nope, you just don't that's know that's different. I've lived through okay. two corporate mergers, and to be fair, the second corporate merger, they fired most of the people in the development department and just hired new people. Mm. <laughs> so, um, Isabel is still living at home. I say still. She's 18, okay? I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> but she's living at home. Her parents are super worried about Max and what he's doing, and does he have a roof over his head, and is he somewhere that he's paying rent or not, or blah, 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 blah. And she's kind of like well-deserved is like, can we not talk about Max? And, you know, dad's like, okay, how about this? I have to find a new lawyer because Jesse is leaving Roswell. (laughs) Which is not, which is exactly what Isabel told him to do, but not what she wanted. (laughs) Emily, I'm going to tell you, when we do hit or miss at the end of this season, this episode is going to be a miss for me. Okay. Even with Maria's growth arc? Yeah, because she's had to learn this lesson eight times! (laughs) Michael has a hard life. He loves her, and he tries his best with her. And whatever she realizes that, oh, wait, no, he is actually trying. Okay, I'm like, Maria! We, (laughs) why don't you make up your mind? (laughs) 
Um, but what I was specifically referencing is Max and Liz in the eraser room slash supply closet and their one pervy biology teacher busts them again. <laughs> it's the same teacher who catches them every time. And is this the teacher that was like talking to Michael about like, you better be in my class every single day? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Anyway, Max comes to talk to Mr. Ev Mr. Parker at the Crashdown Cafe. I don't know if it's because it's the honorable thing to do or whatever, but the dad is about to throw Max like bodily out of the cafe when Liz intervenes and is like, stop, wait, it's okay. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 I have to talk about how funny the entrance is because okay. Max walks into the completely full crash down and just starts walking forwards and from behind the counter in the fry cook position, Liz's dad just yells, no, you don't. <laughs> no you don't and marches out in front of everyone and, and bodily accosts this teenager in front of an entire restaurant of watching people oh it's annoying he looks a little unhinged the dad does like he's got hair like in his eyes you know liz kind of breaks it up a little bit and Max is like, no, I'll go. It's okay. And that's when Liz turns to her dad and says, I hate you. Emily, hypothetical. Your okay. child is dating someone you believe is dangerous. Uh-huh. Even though technically your child is the one who has the criminal charges levied against them and the other person got off scot-free. <laughs> what do you do about that? Like, here's what I say. I don't know if this is actually what I would do, but I would try and make my home the best possible atmosphere place for them to be in the hopes that they would choose to spend their time in the house. Like, you know, like make it a place for like teen that teenagers will want to hang out at, if that makes sense. Just to like kind of keep an eye on them. I don't know if that would work, but that would be my like first reaction of like, Hey, we've got all these movies. Hey, I'll buy a bunch of snacks. Hey, have other friends over. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. this is the place to be sort of a thing. Yeah. So I I don't know what I would do. I would, first off, I'd be like, no child of mine is getting duped. It must be my child who is the ringleader. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's so dumb that they're like, Liz is being taken in by this evil, super criminal genius. And I'm like... Liz is herself the genius. Okay, so yes. back off of that. Yeah, I'm not sure what I would do. I I think I would try and take the time to talk to both of the kids. Mm -hmm. But, like, I I don't know. Because, you know, they don't know about the alien magics and the alien powers. Yeah. So, <laughs> And I think, I think maybe a bit where it comes from is... I think that comes out later that Liz's dad is scared for Liz. Get that. But he hasn't actually told Liz that. I mean, it's definitely implied. And so instead of sitting down and having a conversation and trying to get, like you said, both points of view, he is just doubling down and controlling the situation with a force that cannot be controlled. Like, I don't care how much authority and power you think you have as a parent you do not have absolute power forever. Mm -hmm. And if you double down and make your home life for your kid miserable, the second they get out of there, they're going to do whatever they want anyway. And at that point, if they get in trouble, they probably don't feel that they have a safe place to go back to. Mm -hmm. And so they're not going to go to you when they're in trouble, when they should be going to you when they're in trouble. I, I feel like I would iterate to my kids that I'm a safe place to land once you're in trouble. And mm -hmm. this is a judgment-free zone. We will figure it out. But then once you do get in trouble, things are going to be different after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your first phone call. When? Whenever. Before. Now. And don't tell me you didn't think it was anything because you talked to Toby and you talked to Josh. West Wing. Ugh. Emily, do you want to do a West Wing, Wing podcast? Yes, How of course. How much West Wing have you seen? I think through season six. 
How much West Wing do you remember? Not six. Great. <laughs> now listen, we won't be nearly as good or as popular as West Wing Weekly uh, with Josh Molina and Hershey K. Sherway, but we could try. No one can say we didn't try, Uberta. Ugh. Um, but yeah, listen, growing the okay, the place that we grew up. Teenagers that got in quote unquote trouble was because they toilet papered the houses or stayed out too late. Oh, contraire. <laughs> I worked at the grocery oh. store. At one time, a couple of boys from my high school got caught trying to shoplift condoms and they had to Ooh. wait until their moms got there to take them home. Ooh. It was an awkward night for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I'll be right back to Roswell. But yeah, I didn't hear about kids in our school getting in trouble. I'm sure they did, but Mm -hmm. none of the nerds I hung out with. I remember one day I, uh, I was sitting, we were sitting in the hallway eating lunch, me and all my friends. And this one kid was walking really at a fast clip down the hallway. And the police officer, you know, that was assigned to the school was like, at the other end, it was like also fast walking, calling his name, being like, hey, 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 until the kid just like booked it. I'm like, oh, maybe he was skipping class or something. And all my friends had just swiveled at me and they were like, he's the school drug dealer. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what are drugs? <laughs> Listen, I enjoyed my time at school, and I was very oblivious about a lot of things. Well, back to Roswell. Max and... Back to Roswell and Isabel having to go and ask permission to tell her boyfriend about her alien powers. And Michael and Max are both like, nope, can't do it. And I'm just like... Like, at one point, she's like, do you know how humiliating it is for me to come here and ask permission? Like, Isabel deserves so much better. Uh, It'll be like if you had to ask me permission to quit your job. (laughs) Which, you should know, I wholeheartedly give, and I have been begging you to do it for years. And Emily, what did you do today? I put in my two weeks notice today, everybody. At the risk of derailing the the podcast, my job has been great. I have learned a lot. But as of next Wednesday, I will have been there 11 years. And it's just time to do something different. Like, I don't have anything else lined up at the moment. I have had wonderful friends reach out and, you know, send my resume places, which I appreciate with my whole heart and soul. But yeah, I feel really good about this. Like, really good about it. Like, like, okay, I will say, again, I'm derailing the podcast. I apologize. Uh, but like a year ago, my therapist tried to talk me, talk to me about this, where I'm like, my job is so stressful and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, oh, just imagine quitting. And I had an instantaneous panic attack in her office to the point that we had to stop what we were doing so I could calm the hell down. <laughs> I, when I left Harvey Street Kids to go to the next studio I was working at, I walked into Aliki was I was was one of our our showrunners and I walked into her office and I immediately burst into tears (laughs) and she's like what's wrong and I said I don't want to leave and she's like no one's making you leave (laughs) and I calmed down enough to tell her hey I got this offer and she's like that's a great opportunity and you should take it and I'm like I'm gonna miss you (laughs) Okay, so you work in the animation industry, Uh and it is very common to move around and to go to different studios and to jump from project to project to project. Mm -hmm. And listen, me and my little millennium self was raised in a society where you go to one job and you stay there till you die. And now... And so the idea of voluntarily going anywhere else scares the crud out of me. I will tell you... That jumping around from studio to studio used to be much less common, but uh, contracts for shows are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And, like, schedules overlap and, like, schedules are strange. So, like, even if you sign up 
for a project that's only going to be four months, if you get an offer at a place that's going to be two years, of course you ditch the four-month job early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will say when I did leave, I left about two months early to go to a job that was supposed to be five years. Although I did leave that job early for reasons. um but i've been moving heaven and earth to keep getting back onto star trek lower decks like coming back because i'll have a few months on and then like a few months off and now that i'm a director i now have many more months on than i do off which is nice but uh i would like to have a job that lasted 10 years if i was passionate about the project i want to run a very successful show that goes for 10 seasons I want you to do that. I want that for you. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> oh well, we'll see. We'll see how things settle up after the rider strike. Anyway, Maria and, and so Michael I, get their oh, stuff. Wait, okay. Wait, 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 okay. wait. So back to Isabel. I find this interesting because Michael Michael straight up says, No, you can't tell anyone. Like he is just like, duh, this is the only obvious choice. And I find it interesting that they are having Max be the voice of reason. Because we talked about this a little bit before. Max and Michael have kind of switched places uh, character-wise when it comes to this show. Do you mean that Michael was going to be the voice of reason? Yeah, I thought that, like, he... Because he and Isabel have, like, a special... Like, a special connection. And Max, in the previous season, was just like, if you leave to go to school, I will end your life. Like, I will end the life that you know and make things terrible for you. And so for him to be so, like, understanding here and reasonable, I hated it. I hated that he got to do that. But his reasoning basically was, listen, if you tell Jesse you are pulling him into this story before he even has a chance to kind of figure out if that's what he even wants. And I totally get that point of view. Mm -hmm. Like in writing a lot of times what a lot of first time authors, the trap they fall into, which I've fallen into many, many times. uh, And my writer's group pointed out in one of my earlier drafts of my book where my main character, my main dude character was going to leave behind one of the female characters for her own good for her own safety and they were like that's so boring like nothing can happen if she's safe like the the story doesn't move on and so the idea like you want to shake things up you want things to happen to your main characters um but i also see where max is coming from and just like you can't prepare him for this and you will throw him into dangerous situations and if you really love him if you really love jesse you're not going to do that to him and i found it interesting that they had max come from that emotional angle rather than this will be dangerous for us it was this will be dangerous for someone else which i think is the only way he could have convinced isabel yeah that was good emily thank you Thank you very much. Did you, I went to English Did you school. fix that bit in your book so it's more interesting? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I love my writer's group. They are phenomenal. And I'm her secret weapon. She'll call me and be like, <laughs> what do I do here? And I'll be like, okay, picture this. Magical clones. Like and then you're like, stop. I'm not doing magical clones. And I'm like, okay, then this other idea. And Emily's like, yes. <laughs> it's megan is great if you guys are ever stuck and you're just like well i'm trying to do this she will like immediately not just like well what if you did this or what if you did this it's like this immediate she's like here's the whole story plot point like a b c d all the way down to z there you're done i turned on one of those sherlock mind palace animations (laughs) (laughs) throw your book up on the wall and go yes 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 here this there magical clothes no okay okay then this (laughs) (laughs) the answer is always no (laughs) oh but this is the good part of the episode where michael is has taken maria on the date that she wanted to go on but he has taken her to the bowling alley and is feeding her bowling alley food um which listen i will tell you some of the best fries i've ever had in my life have come from bowling alleys so i don't know what she's complaining about um 
But there, he keeps being like, oh, I have to go use the bathroom. Oh, the lights are on in the car. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Because he's currently at his bowling league. I don't know if they're doing a championship or whatever, but it's him and his friends from his security job versus I think the mechanics that Kyle works for. And Kyle keeps being like, no powers, no powers, no powers. But obviously Maria finds out what he's doing and we were both, Megan and I were both braced for the wrath of Maria. But then she you just... You know, of her just being like... She just learned the same lesson that she's learned five times earlier. But, but it's so nice but to But I guess she it. had to learn it on the new network for it to stick. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, she, she talks about, like, the comment that Isabel had made about, like, is that Michael? Is he smiling back in the, the um, Crashdown Cafe? And she realizes that... She can't have Michael all to herself if she wants him to be happy. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she has the means to keep him all to herself. But she's not going to do that to him. Yee. And so she tells him, like, I'm glad I'm glad that you're having a good time and I'm glad you're doing this. Anyway, time for a trope I hate with Liz and her mom. All right. Your dad had a troubled past and killed someone he loved, mm. and that's why he's so worried about you. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. annoyed me in Moana, and it's annoying me right now. <laughs> Your children are not you, parents. Mm-hmm. Basically, what happens in the rest of the episode is they go to a fancy dinner, he proposes, she says no, and runs away, and then they decide to get married. <laughs> Like, that's literally what happens. Sorry, to be clear, this is Isabel and Jesse, not Max and Liz. Yes, yes, yes. Not Max and Liz. Engaged to be married. And she's looking at the ghost of Alex across the street. And then does the ghost of Alex disappear? Oh, because earlier when she had broken up with him the first time, she runs away, runs into the arms of Alex, and gets a hug from Alex. How is that possible? Well, if you ask Denny Duquette. It's because uh, Izzy has a tumor pressing on a portion of her brain that makes her hallucinate reality. Hmm. Spoilers for Grey's Anatomy. Carmen, don't listen to this. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, because at this point, Isabel has found the ring in, in the pocket of the coat. And she's waiting for him to propose to her. And that's when it's revealed, like, Oh, this is my mother's ring. I pawned it off. Now I have it back. But. Whatever. Let's let's finish this episode and watch the next one. Okay. Emily, what? Do you know what? We're both first timers on this. What do you think's going to happen next? Yay. It ended in an engagement. Not sure how we feel about this still, but. Negative. Three, I feel negative. Is- <laughs> Roswell season three, episode four is called Secrets and Lies. I'm going to guess it's a Liz Max centric episode. I'm going to guess I want the dupes to come back. That would be great. I don't think they are. I don't think we will ever see them again. Oh, no. Um, Yeah. Um, Secrets and lies. I don't know. I'm going to assume it has something to do with Tess. Okay. Uh, or Max's kid and the secrets and lies they have to tell in order to find out answers. Maybe they'll rob another convenience store. I don't know. Who knows? Not me. Let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, well, we're going to go back and get going and watch the next episode. (laughs) And Megan, thank you for letting me make you view this. I appreciate your journey that you are taking with me. It's really nice. I love doing this with you. Oh, good. I love doing this with you. I hate this television show. (laughs) (laughs) But you said you like season two. I said season two was better than season one. (laughs) But now season three is kind of dragging them both down. Sorry. All right. Do you think, okay, question. I'm interested to see, like, a lot of times when a new television show starts up, Like, it takes some time for the actors to find their feet, to find their characters. Do you think that's the case with this moving to a new network? Or do you think this is the quality we're going to get for the rest of the show? Well, this is the last season, so clearly it 
doesn't get renewed. <laughs> I think this is it. I think this is I it. Think, Alrighty. I think this is what we have to live through. All right. Well, I'm not going to say goodbye, but I am going to say I believe in you. I believe in you, too. Ready? Ready. Break. Break. Thank you to everyone who has tuned in to listen to My Sister Made Me View It, the Roswell 1999 edition. Uh, I hope that your day is going great and so happy you are here and listening to us and we hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to everyone who has rated and reviewed us again. You're just amazing people. Amazing. We don't ask this. We don't expect this, but like, oh, just makes us so happy when you do. Thank you so much. Ah, the week is just about over and out, and, uh, man, it has been a day. It has been a day and a half. I have been carrying furniture up and down stairs all day today, putting stuff away, storing stuff away, and I'm tired. I'm very tired. Um, I went and picked up my parents from the airport. They were visiting their sweet, sweet grandkids, and there was a lot of plane issues, and... I didn't get home until two in the morning after picking them up from the airport. And yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted. I also had a migraine at midnight last night, which is a terrible time to have a migraine. No one should ever have migraines, but like midnight is just like, are you serious? Can I not be sleeping? Must this happen? Anyways, uh, if you enjoyed this, which I really hope you did. We just do this to have fun. It's just a dumb little thing. Uh, Megan and I have a couple other podcast feeds where we do kind of the same thing. The other feed that we're doing right now is Brandon Sanderson's uh, Way of Kings series. We uh, are just about to the end of Words of Radiance. Uh, and so we've got a few more episodes to post before we get into the third book, uh, Oathbringer. Um, so those come out every other week. So next Thursday, if you tune in, you can listen to our next episode. And then uh, we are also putting together another miscellaneous feed. It currently has um, all the episodes for season one of Our Flag Means Death, where Megan absolutely adored that show and watched it like four times in a week, the whole series. And I come to it knowing nothing except that he was a punk. He did ballet what more can I say? And that's all I knew going into it. So we finished all of those episodes and we're currently recording episodes for a book called One to Watch by Kate Stamen London. Once we're done with that, we will be putting up the episodes that we've recorded completely for The Guest, which is a Korean horror television series. Uh, and we also have a guest with us as we recorded that, our very good friend Dilly. And so she comes to us and we just sit around and have a good time and they try to keep me from being scared. But as you all know, that's impossible. Uh, anyways, I love you all and I believe in you. And a special thanks to Michael Biancardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm, which we use in all of our podcast feeds. Um, I hope you guys get to take a little time to sit down and relax, do something that brings you joy. I don't know if it's reading a book, eating your favorite snack, walking outside in nature, petting a dog, whatever it is. I just hope you do something that brings you joy and peace and happiness because you deserve all of that. We'll see you guys on the flippity flop. <laughs>